Let's read Mark 10. We're going to start reading at verse 32. Um, and we're going to read through the, the key verse there, 45. I have to come out here because lighting and my eyes are going bad. So uh, Mark 10, 32. Now, and they were on the road going up to Jerusalem, and Jesus was walking ahead of them. And they were amazed, and those who followed were afraid. And taking the twelve again, he began to tell them what was to happen to him, saying, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles, or the Romans. And they will, flog, they will mock him, flog him, spit in his face, and kill him. I said that in the wrong order. Mock him, spit on him, flog him, and kill him. And after three days, he will rise. Verse 36, 5. I'm telling you, my eyes, they're bad. I've got to get a large print Bible. Every time I do this, I think, get a bigger Bible. And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came up to him and said to him, now this is going to freak you out if you've never read this before because it's like ridiculous, but they say, teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. Really? And he said to them, what do you want, to do? What do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left in your glory. And Jesus said to them, you do not know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized? And they said to him, we are able. And Jesus said to them, well, the cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand and at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom he has prepared. And when the ten heard it, they began to be indignant at James and John. And Jesus called them and said, hey guys, come here, everybody, come here, chill out, listen. Verse 42, you know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and, those, and, and their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. There's that verse. I know it's a lot to, to talk about, but um, I just want to kind of go over this with you guys. I'm going to walk through it and kind of talk about it. So look at your sheets there. The passage overview is what we'll do first. Uh, just kind of give you some background on what's going on. Uh, the disciples and the crowd were obviously following Jesus. And they're going to the city of what? Jerusalem. And, and this big city of Jerusalem, we know that um, in reading before this, this was like on their way to the triumphal entry, which we call what? What do we call the triumphal entry? The, the week before Easter. Thank you. Palm Sunday. That's when they, he triumphantly comes in and they think he's going to be the new king. And they're waving palm branches. Hosanna, Hosanna, right? And they're laying it down in front of the unridden donkey. And he's riding an unridden donkey into Jerusalem. And, and within the week, they're, they're shouting, crucify, crucify, right? And that's about to happen. This is on their way to Jerusalem. So all these disciples are following him. And Jesus has already told them twice, we're going to Jerusalem for this reason. Okay? And, and he tells them again in verse 33. Look at it again. Verse 33 says, see, we're going up to Jerusalem, fellas. And me, the Son of Man, will be delivered over to the chief priests and scribes, and they will condemn him to death and, and deliver him over to the Gentiles. He's talking about the Romans. And they will mock him and spit on him and flog him and kill him. After three days, he will rise. But they still didn't get it. They still didn't see that this was a reality. James and John, these two knuckleheads that I like to call knuckleheads because I'm a knucklehead and I kind of empathize with them. They, they come up to Jesus and, and they say this, but now give them a little credit here. They were really close with Jesus, right? Jesus had 12 disciples, and three of them were really, really close, Peter, James, and John, and one was his best friend, we think, John, right? Uh, but James and John were brothers, and um, their mama and mother Mary were sisters. So what's that make Jesus and James and John? Cousins, first cousins. 
And I knew that James was his brother-in-law. Or Anyway, all that to say they're related. So they had a special connection with them. And so they thought maybe they had the right to come up to Jesus and say, can we sit here? And, and I said, and, and, and Jesus was trying to, to back up a little bit and say, guys, this is not what it's about. It's not about you getting a position or prestige or power, right? So they thought they could come to him and ask these things, and they did. And, and, I, and, I'm, and this is not really on your sheet there, but as I'm reading this, I, I was thinking about how gutsy it was for me to walk up to the king of the universe and say, hey, dude, can I sit at your right hand? I want to be the second in command, and my brother the third command, all right? That's pretty gutsy, right? But then I think, and, and pretty egotistical and prideful, but also then I got to thinking about, what if I went back this week and, and had a tape recorder? Well, I don't have tapes anymore. It's so funny. I'm really old. But anyway, a, a, a recording of your prayer life over the last week. How egotistical and prideful and selfish would your prayer life be? Oh, God, you know, I really need you to do this in my life. And you do this, and this person's sick, and this person I need, and blah, blah, blah. blah. Right? So we, we, we throw judgment at, at these two guys for, being, for walking up and asking God for do whatever I ask, and, or Jesus. And, and, but then again, that's a different sermon. But I, just, I think Jesus wanted them to realize that's not what it's about. It's not about you being, making a name for yourself or having a position of leadership. It's about you surrendering to life of, of servanthood and slavery. So, um, so he basically sits them down, and, and I don't want to go into detail about this, this cup and baptism thing, but he says, you know, can you drink this cup? Not a literal cup, not a literal baptism, but Basically, you know, I'm about to go and be crucified and, 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 and punished and, and persecuted. And, and, of course, being Jesus, he knew everything. And, and we know now that later on, about within the next year, James will be murdered for his faith. Martyred. The first disciple to be martyred. And we know John, uh, he, it didn't end so well for him. He lived long, but where did John end up? On the island of Patmos, right? Exiled from, you know, and he, and he was on the edge of death several times. But, but Jesus like, yeah, you're going to suffer for me. Yeah, and, and this baptism, I'm about, not a literal baptism, we know we always baptize, but a, 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 an overwhelming, immersed with punishment and, and, and persecution and suffering. Yeah, you're fixing to go there, James and John, but the right and left, that's, that's up to God, okay? But that's not what it's about. Come here, disciples, let me, let me explain to you. Uh, these, these Gentiles, these Romans, they, all, they, they lord it over people. That's not the way it is for us. Look at your sheets with me. Again, James and John sought this position the ten didn't understand what the plan was, the purpose of serving was about. The last bullet, Jesus wanted them and us to seek the position of a servant. To seek the position of a servant. To, to be a slave of all. Now, I don't know about you, but that's not the world that I live in. Is it? Is it for you? I mean, the world we live in, where we are, look at your sheets there. The world and our society tells us to strive for power, to strive for positions, for, to strive for popularity, to strive for that next job, that better paycheck, that bigger uh, nicer car and house, and, 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 and that's what the world, it, it tells us and try to convince us to, to be in a position of power, right, and prestige. I mean, we all want to get good jobs, right, amen? We all want to provide for our family and drive nice cars and do those things, but that's not, that's opposite of what the gospel is about. Hollywood, social media, educators, coaches, parents, world leaders, they say, do, scratch and claw your way to the top. Whatever you got to do, still kill, manipulate, get to where you want to be, and then let everybody else bow down to you and serve me. I mean, it's in every movie. You cannot watch a romantic comic. You cannot watch any movie, but especially a romantic comic uh, that doesn't involve, you know, people in the business world working their way up to the top and then, you know, doing whatever they got to do and then manipulating and conniving. Are you with me? I mean, think, I mean every movie you've seen in the last five months has been about that. And it's just crazy, but that's the world we live in. That's where we are as a society. 
It says, do whatever it takes to get there. And when you get there, enjoy the top. Soak it in. Exercise authority over whoever you can. Be the big man on campus. Be the leader in your position. And Jesus looks at him and says, guys, look, but it shall not be so among us. That's not what I want you to strive for, my children, children of God, right? That's not what I want you to, to aspire to be and who I want you to be, all right? So that's, what this, that's where we are in our society. That's where we are as a, as a people, unfortunately, even Christians live a life like that. But Jesus says again, but it should not be so among us. All right, so um, I, I love, look at your sheets there, uh, where he wants us. Where does he want us? Well, he says, I want you to be a servant. I want you to be a, a slave of all in verse 43 and 44. Now, again, um, when, when you say the word servant or slave, what's the, let's, just, well, we, let's just ask. What's the first thing that popped in your mind when I said slave or servant? Someone tell me. What's the first, when I said slave or servant, what's the first thing that popped in your mind? Huh? Someone owns you, okay. What else? Work, okay. You know, when I, first, when I think of a slave or servant, I, I think of like a maid or a butler. I guess because I just watched a movie, and, and oh, it's not a movie, it's a stupid show that I'm kind of embarrassed to even say, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, what's it called? Riverdale, right? Y'all watch Riverdale? My stinking son got me into it because I know. And that rich girl, and every time she comes home, that butler's standing right there waiting on her, and I got to thinking... But in my mind, that's, that's, you know, a servant, a slave. They'll do whatever you need them to do. They're, they're there to take your jacket when you walk in or to fix your food or whatever or a waitress at a restaurant or, or, or whatever. But that's, that's kind of what we think of when we think of a slave or a servant. We don't think about necessarily us. We don't identify ourselves as being a slave or a servant, but shouldn't we? I mean, I mean shouldn't that be, shouldn't that identify the major part of our lives? Guys, I have to work hard at serving other people. It's, it's not as natural as it should be because I want to be more Jesus, but we, this is something that I want to be known for, not to be known me, but so that people can see Christ in the way I respond, the way I live, the way I talk, the way I, 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 I run my life. Listen, um, it's not natural. It is supernatural. In and of yourself, you can't be a servant. It's not natural. The world says don't do it, and you're not going to want to do it. You're not going to want to help people and serve people, but it's supernatural. It's a God thing. It's a, it's a mindset that only he can give you. Um, it, look, at your, look at your sheets there again. It says, um, whoever would be great or first must be a servant. It, now, it didn't say whoever wants to be, right? It says whoever would be. So it just, it's, a, it's, a, it's a mindset. It's a lifestyle. And, and Jesus says, people that want to serve me and want to be a slave of all, I'm going to do something with their life. I'm going to use them. Um, I, I, greatness, look, um, greatness is reserved for those who serve. Do you agree with that? That's not what the world says. But greatness is reserved for those who serve. Not greatness in name and lights and popularity and, and status and prestige and power and money, but in God's eyes, the greatness of God is reserved for those who serve because that's what our Savior did. That's what our Savior did. So what does that look like? How, how, what does that look like in our lives? Um, I put this little box there on your right, and I love this kind of quote. It's kind of, I, I don't know where I got it from one of my notes. But anyway, Jeffrey Miller says, you will know whether a person is a servant or not by the way they act when they are treated like one. Isn't that good? I mean, you don't, people will know whether you're a servant or not, a true servant of God or not by the way you act when someone really treats you like a servant. And because it shouldn't bother you. It shouldn't bother you when people stomp on you or mistreat you or whatever for the sake of the kingdom. 
or when you have an opportunity to serve in whatever, whatever facility that is, um, it shouldn't bother you because that's what our Savior did. And you want to be like Jesus. So when you're serving, you're like Him. So what does that look like? How does that, how does that come to fruition in our life? Well, Jesus explained that for us. He says, for even the Son of Man Himself, or even me. I mean, if anybody deserved to be bowed down to and worshipped and pampered and, and idolized and, and whatever, it was Jesus, right? But he says, for even me, the Son of Man, the creator of all universe, for even me, the Son of Man, came not to be served, but what? To, be, to serve. Not to be served, but to serve. Right? I, said, I almost said it backwards. I kind of did, actually. He, gave his, he came not to be served, but to serve, to feed the hungry, to, to love the prostitute, to, um, to heal the blind, the lame, the sick, the mute, the, the diseased, to, to help those who are brokenhearted, those who are mourning a loss of a loved one, to raise the dead. He came to serve others. And to give his life, to give his holy, perfect, sinless, totally surrendered life for others. To leave the glory of heaven, the presence of his Father, to come to this wicked, sinful world in the form of a baby, to live a perfect, sinless life, so that he could be placed on that rugged cross, to take nine-inch nails in his hands and feet, to, to, to die a sinner's death because he loves us. To, to stand there while Roman soldiers slap him in the face and pull his beard hair out, spit in his eyes and, and kick him and punch him and, and slam a crown of thorns on his head and to let him do it. To stand there while, he while they did this to him because he loves you, because he loves us, and he wanted to set the example of what a servant looks like. To give his life. Why? For the ransom of many. A ransom. To pay the penalty, the, pri the price that... That, that for our sin, for, for your sin, for, for your sin, for, for your sin. He ransomed my sin. He took my sin upon himself, paid the price. From, I deserve hell. I deserve to be nailed to that rugged cross. You deserve it, Matt. I mean, we deserve that. But he took it upon himself to set the example of a servant. Uh, came not to be served, but to serve, to give his life as a ransom for many, paying the price for the sin of others. Listen. We're never more like Jesus than we're giving of ourselves to others. Guys, I mean, that's kind of what John, I heard Johnny Hunt say that years ago. We're never more like Christ or Jesus when we're giving, but I like ourselves to others because it's not just about giving money or your service. It's about giving ourselves, our complete life to others so that they can see what Jesus has done in us. And that's what it's really about. I mean, yeah, you've got to go to work, you've got an education, you've got to have whatever, and those things are life, and those are important, and they, you have to do those things, but, but if you're, your goal in life is to be a slave to others and a servant of others, and, and people see that, God will honor that. God will use it. God will rise up your life and, and, and do great things through your life because you're being like Jesus, the ultimate servant, our Savior Jesus. Now, the only way to, to truly get to that point, and, and I say this, I don't know you, all of you, I know some of y'all, but I don't know your heart. I don't know where you stand uh, eternally. I don't know where you stand between, you know, for salvation or with your walk with God, but I do know that God does love you. God does have a plan for your life. He doesn't want you to sit soaking sour in church. Trey and I talk all the time about the opportunities that are given to people in our church to serve and to give their life as a ransom, okay, and to give their life to others, and, um, and yet it, they just let it go by, and, and they, 
they have these opportunities to serve or they have opportunities to, to be the hands and feet of Jesus and they say, oh, it's okay, you know, Andrew will do that. I, 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 he can handle it. Or you know what's Peyton, he's, he's got this. I'm, I got stuff to do, you know. And, and, we're, and Trey and I were talking even not too long ago about all these upcoming events. We've got, the, what, Big Deal, uh, Progressive Dinner, the International Picnic, the Unpack the Pride. What am I missing? Those are the four main service opportunities that you have. You core students that are here on a Wednesday night during the summer, opportunities that God has given you, he's going to lay them out there for you. And they're like within a week and a half, right? And you can serve others for the sake of the kingdom of God. And, and my, my deal is this, and, and we as a church, we, we talk and we try and we pray and we lay out opportunities for people to serve, whether it be on a foreign field or here. It seems like the same daggum people do it every time. Same people sign up. The first one's on the list. Man, I'll do this, I'll do that, I'll do that. I'm like, why don't people want to serve? Well, because we're selfish. Well, because we like our life. We like our comfort zone. We like, you know, my lifestyle. And, and it's out of the... Guys, I, I, I wasn't here two years, and I was just really burdened about... Um, yeah, we had different missions things, but I wanted our students... I think this might have been when we organized 1045. But anyway, um, I was burdened about our students doing missions. So I, I, I got on my phone... It's back in a little while. I didn't have iPhones. It's like T9 time. You remember those days? And I texted several of my core students that have graduated and were living the life for Christ back at my other church. And I texted them and said, look, give me the top three things that, most, that were the most impact on your life while you're in student ministry that impact your life now as an adult. And they all sent back different things. You know, some of them were disciple now. Some were beach trips. Some of them were small group Bible studies. Some were, but everyone I texted, the number one thing. You want to guess what it was? Missions. Every one of the biggest impact on their life as, a, as an adult was missions opportunities. Whether it be 1045, whether it be you know, Alaska or, or Honduras or Africa, you know. Because why? Why is that? Why the impact? Well, because you're being like Jesus. You're serving. You're giving your life for others. And when people see, why, why in the world would people pay $300 to go to tech or whatever it was to, I don't know, whatever it was, a lot of money. To go to Texas and, and to, to sleep on the floor. Who I went to Texas last year with me? Okay. To sleep on a daggum concrete floor in a gym with God-forsaken showers. I mean, these things were awful. They were saunas. Okay? And they were just terrible. You couldn't get clean. You walk out and you start... Just, anyway. It, exactly. just didn't. $250, whatever it was, to go to another city to hand out... Uh, food for people with people and do VBS with people and to teach little kids Bible studies and, and to, to go pick up furniture for people that needed a couch. And what in the world? That don't make sense. Well, 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 it's because we want to be like Jesus. We want the world and everybody we come in contact with to, to know how much the love of the Father has for them. Um, I, last Friday night, I was at a church in Tennessee and um, they re, relocated. And their sanctuary looks a lot like ours. And um, and, and when I walked in, I was, I was talking to one of the ministers. Man, this is nice. And I was talking about it a lot. He goes, dude, listen to this. We had a church from, I, don't, I can't remember where he said, Mississippi or Louisiana, come up here. And in one week, they blacked in their whole church for them and didn't pay a, they didn't pay a dime. They didn't charge a dime. Um, it was a moth. They didn't charge a dime. All they did was feed them. They blacked in, they put every wall up in their church, put a roof on it and, for nothing. And I, and I keep thinking in my mind, man, God, I want to do those things. I want our church to be active in, in, in building churches and, and serving communities. And 
I mean, cleaning toilets. I mean, whatever I do, I mean, dig ditches so that people can see the love of the Father that's in us uh, in Christ. And I don't know, I, I just feel like there's, there's a new school year coming up. I mean, guys, uh, it's never going to be like this, is it, Trey? Ashley, you graduated people. It's ne- they'll never be able to go back in time and do this again. These are years that you're going to go, man, I sure wish I enjoyed them a little bit more and did more, a little bit more. You'll never have a regret for serving God at, at UNA. You know that? You'll, you'll never go, darn, go on, I wish I didn't serve Jesus as much. I mean, you might say, well, I wish I didn't hang up that person so much, or I wish I didn't go down that road and date that person, whatever. I promise you, you're going to say that, right? Uh, we all oh, amen that. But you'll never go, you know what? Oh, God, I wish I hadn't helped so much with our college ministry. And, man, I really should not have shared Jesus so much on campus. That was stupid. Why did I do that, right? I mean, really. So this, this, this coming school year, man, I'm telling you, God, they, the leadership team went off a couple weeks ago and was praying through some opportunities that God's going to give us uh, this year on campus. And, and, and here's my question for you. If you're given opportunity, if, if it's laid out before you, are you willing to take the, the, the bait? Are you willing to say, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. I've never done it before, but I'm, gonna, I'm in. Are you, you going to be a chicken? Are you going to be a whiny little baby? Ah, someone else will do it. I'm too scared. I don't have the talents. I don't, I'm not smart enough. I'm not blah, blah, blah enough. Just do it. If God gives you an opportunity to serve, man, why, why not? Right? I mean, I can't tell you how scared I was my first mission trip. I was shaking in boots. I was supposed to be leading it. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, God. I don't know how I'm going to do this. And, and it was all over with. And I go, man, I sure wish I would have enjoyed that a little bit more, right? Serving God. Just, just do it. Just let go of the, the handlebars and, and do it, or the steering wheel, and do it, all right? Uh, the bottom of your sheet. Let's seek to serve others and so exemplify the love of Jesus. And it's about, you got to seek it. you got to look for it. you got to ask for it. And when God swings that door wide open, say, oh, no, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's God or not. Well, if he swings, just take a chance. Step out there. And God will stop you if he don't want you to do it. He opens, gives you opportunity. Take a chance. Do it. Ask God for opportunities and act whenever he supplies those opportunities for you, okay? If you want to be like Jesus, be a servant. 